Osiris. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hello, welcome back to Always Almost There, a Goose podcast series on storm sound. I'm Brian, a.k.a. Jive Goose. And I'm Neil. And I'm Ryan. The four of us are here today to talk about Goose's Dripfield Fall Tour. Now, before we dive in, uh, if you didn't know, uh, we recently started a live show that we like to call Day After Show, which means the day after every single Goose concert we go live on social media and YouTube to talk about previous night's show. We'll be doing that for the upcoming Taboose run, Goosemas, etc. So uh, subscribe to Storm Sound on YouTube so you don't miss any of those. It's a great way to get involved right after the show, do some first listen analysis, if you will. And that's been a lot of fun. What do you guys think? It has been fun. Yeah, super fun. Everyone should jump on and comment. The more comments, the better, please. We love crowd participation. We love crowd participation. You know what I love more than crowd participation, though, Neil? Mushrooms? Mushrooms. Uh, today's episode of Always Almost There is sponsored by Averzio Wellness. Averzio Functional Mushrooms are here to help right now, whether you are gearing up for a show, going to sleep afterwards, or recovering and restoring the day after. With a wide range of health benefits, Averzio Mushrooms help you make the most out of the moment, through the ancient healing properties and their highly potent fruiting bodies. The organic certified therapeutic potency and their planet positive refill system are two of the many standout reasons that Averzio is my choice supplement. Be clear, chill, balanced, energized, protected, focused, and calm in the moment with Averzio mushrooms. Use code STORMSOUND15 for 15% off your order, available to ship anywhere in the US or Canada. All right. Pretty good. That was really good. Thank you. Thank you. So fall tour, let's dive in, you know, first show, you know, Richmond, September 29th, coming off of a month long break for the band. I think they, they hit it pretty well off the bat. Feels like so long ago. It does feel like forever ago. Now. It was. They, the tour felt really long <laughs> and it wasn't longer than, you know, a tour normally is. 
Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you know, l l like you just mentioned, Ryan, I mean, we, we left our kind of detailed feedback in the Day After Show archives, if anybody cares to go back to that. So so not to go into, into a ton of detail here tonight, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think Richmond, you know, it was a two-night run, and I think it was a really nice kickoff to this tour, just geographically speaking, which, which I don't know if we touched on much before. This was a really cool tour. You know, you didn't get a lot of your you know, kind of classic stops. I mean, we just got that kind of Southeast, you know, Texas swing, some, some Missouri dates. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was actually a really cool, you know, a, a really cool tour geographically speaking, if you will. So, but yeah, Richmond uh, was really good. I mean, obviously night one, we got the, we got the really big Rosewood heart. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that's probably going to end up in everybody's 64 somewhere. And then, you know, the other really interesting thing was the Spain. It was the uh, bust out. The yeah, the, the, the Chicoria. Yeah, the last time it was played was April 16th, 2016, a 462 show gap. But yeah, the, this Rosewood this Rosewood set the, the tone for, you know, a lot of jams that we'd see come throughout the tour. Kind of first half of the year through winter, spring, summer, they were focusing on more on pushing the envelope in darker jams, you know, getting evil, getting into the spacey, you know, crazy madness stuff. And on this fall tour, we saw a lot less of that. You know, we saw a lot more of an emphasis on bliss, on happier jams. So this Rosewood kind of sets the tone there. Really, really fantastic. You know, we'll talk about other standout jams with that kind of theme later in the tour. But I thought it was really interesting how they pivoted away from that darkness so completely, except for a few isolated instances. Yeah, cool thing about this Rosewood, this first night there, is that it's not it's Rosewood and a jam. It's not yeah. a jam within Rosewood. So I think that's like pretty cool to point out. And then of course Spain was awesome. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what the heck was going on. Like I am not gonna like be like, Yeah, I, like of course I know Chikoria's whole catalog and like I was like one hundred percent on top of this. I wasn't <laughs> I was definitely surprised by that one and I thought it was cool. We talked about this on the day after show, but it was a, a cool opportunity for those guys to show off their chops. I hope they do more of this kind of thing because it's a really challenging song to play, I think, for everybody yeah. in the band. So uh, definitely very cool. I hope they do more like it. I think we said that on the day after show also. Jazz. Uh, yeah. I mean, hey, hey, they're mostly like Berkeley trained musicians, right? Mm -hmm. um, except for two guys in the band. And, you know, this is something that I think they're probably pretty comfortable with and I think is pretty cool. You know, when, when Noah was on the podcast, he was talking about, like, this song was impossible to dance to, but we thought it was cool. Yeah. So, like, if you're listening at home, I think it's probably a whole lot more exciting than if you're standing there at the show trying to figure out, like, how to bop your head to that. But I don't know. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome jam. I had no problem dancing to it. Me? I, I just going to be honest. I, I was very much enjoying myself. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's just Noah. Yeah, Noah just doesn't know how to jazz properly, clearly. Uh, yeah. He needs to work on his dancing skills, I guess. He needs to work I on his know. jazz. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, another thing we talked a lot about on the day after shows was covers. Mm -hmm. You know, we had some lively conversations around covers. And so, yeah, really cool that Spain was kind of the first, you know, the first cover of the tour. And, and it was and it was so amazing. I didn't think we'd see it again during the tour. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely still hoping that we see that again, maybe at Goosemas. You know, we'll talk about Taboos a little bit later, but just as long as we're talking about Spain, with the uh, Taboos shows, I mean, I don't know, they probably won't do many covers, and I would hope they wouldn't, but 
I think when you're doing that single set and, you know, you're kind of showcasing to, you know, some of these other fans, you know, tab fans and whatever, you know, maybe that's not the time for, for a lot of covers. So, so maybe Goosemas, uh, we get Spain again. Cause cause I really do want to do want to hear the song again. I would not complain about seeing a Goosemas. Maybe we'll get it at Arabolo in Boulder, you know, a little acoustic Spain. One can hope. I'm so damn jealous that you guys are going to be at that show and I'm not, but uh, I'm not flying out an extra day early. You know what? I, I figured it out. It was an extra $2 to switch my flight, so I did. <laughs> yeah, you, you do have to find a place to stay. I'll, uh, I'll figure it out. Sleep in Kev's backyard or something. Exactly. I, I get, I get, I'm seeing a Rebelo. I, I, don't, I don't really care. I'm not worried. <laughs> Anyway, second night of Richmond, uh, you know, we get we get another uh, classic pairing of butterflies and turbulence, which would not be a pairing for the rest of the tour. But, you know, these these are both two songs that really are just coming into their own uh, over this fall tour uh, more than they were over the summer. I think just both incredible, incredible tunes. Yeah, always good. And then pretty solid drive in this set. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed this drive. It's probably the best drive of the whole entire tour, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then Gun Street Girl in this set, amazing with uh, yeah. with Pete on the slide guitar. I hope we see a little bit more of that. And we talked about this also on the the day after show after this show. Yeah, I mean he did a really good job, and yeah. I I hope we see a little bit more of that. Yeah, his slide playing was really really awesome uh, on that tune, and the drive really it, it's interesting to me still because they're still playing with the structure of the song with drive. You know, we didn't get the the O part. Um, we didn't get the first jam. They just jump right into the second jam there. You know, we've had a ton of unfinished versions recently. So I'm curious what they're attempting to do with the song or if it's just kind of a spur of the moment thing. Like, you know, if they're having discussions backstage about changing it or anything like that. But this jam was really, really good. Yeah, I feel like it's all part of their philosophy around, you know, switching things up, obviously. You'd think they would have to all be on the same page in terms of like, are we going bridge, bridgeless? Mm-hmm. I think like, are we going to do a second jam or not? Like I, I can see that maybe coming more just out in of the, the vibe, yeah. but it feels like some of that stuff. I mean, yeah, they really all need to be on the same page. I, that's a curious one for me because I, I, I love the OG structure of that song. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're not talking about OG Atlas dogs or, you know, indie Atlas. Yeah, this is drive. Yeah. This, yeah. yeah I really miss the bridge. I, I, I really do. I think it's just a really cool guitar section, you know, riff or whatever you want to call it. Uh, this show for me was all about the first set though. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, talked about the, you know, the drive. Similar to the first night, which was also all about the first set. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and similar to, more shows on the tour, you know, that we'll get to. And, uh, you know, and, and this was just the one, you know, the really big, you know, extended can't you out of my head, you know, the, the longish hot tea encore, the short born, just not, d- d- didn't do as much for me as night one. I definitely preferred night one of, of this opening stand. What's interesting to me is how many times this tour, they utilized that album born hunger site transition. Because it was a few. It's been coming more. You know, we haven't had a Born with Jam since Dylan, if I'm not mistaken. Which I'm okay with. You know, Born doesn't need to jam. But it's interesting how much they're pairing it with Hunger Sight. You know, I, th- I think it could stand on its own. I think it works really well. And I get that it's still, you know, it's the Drip Field Tour. They're still showing off the album. But I feel like it's getting overutilized a little bit. 
I don't know. Nobody ever got mad at the dead for doing like, you know, China Rider or like Scarlet Fire. I mean, That's like, fair. you know, if they want to keep them together, they keep them together. It doesn't really matter. They should bring back the slow build born though. Yeah, but you know, th- this show definitely did have the triptych everybody wanted, which was born hunger sight and then can't get you out of my head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what everybody was looking for. The 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 can't get you no i was i was trying to make a, a thing like drip dick but it, it doesn't work with no it doesn't yeah, work. no it's the yeah it's the kick you in the balls stick <laughs> well <laughs> oh man well hey look we, hey hey so let me just tell you real quick yeah um yeah that that is the thing that's got to be running through your head though when you're at those shows like oh man born hunger site awesome and then you got to be thinking to yourself oh man are we going to get drip? drip. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're all I just wanted to say, yeah. after being at Red Rocks, you know, that's dangerous because I can tell you how disappointing you can end up leaving yourself if you set that expectation and you think you're getting this drip field. Hey, expectations are the thief of joy. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And we don't, we, we know what they say about joy thieves. <laughs> <laughs> we do, don't we? Oh, man. Uh, well, we can move on to Atlanta here. Uh, talk about this show. This was uh, a really, really strong show. Uh, you know, more evenly spread compared to the previous two for sure. But like, you know, OG A Dogs, even though no jam, it's just such such a good song. Yep, such a good song. And then you know, all I need a trend for this tour. Really, really condensed versions, like ten to thirteen minutes. Uh, I think for the most part. You know, no second jams, but just they're packing a lot into that shorter amount of time. This was like a really, really focused one, I think. So really great version here. Just and then, you know, strong rest of the first set. But it, it's I really like that opening one two punch of A Dogs into All I Need. You know, I, I remember the All I Need transition kind of took us all by surprise because it was when we were expecting the A Dogs jam. But I think it worked. This is probably my, I mean, this is definitely one of my favorite shows of the tour. Yeah, the Atlas Dogs, like you mentioned, the All I Need. Yeah, we definitely saw a lot of these really nice first, I mean, you know, there were no second jams, but a lot of these, you know, there, I think there was at least two that we'll talk about that had really, really strong first jams, you know. That's a big part of why I think we were, you know, as let down maybe about the, about the lack of the second jam. And then also maybe what they went into, you know, like Electric Avenue and Wild Night and you know, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, this is this was a really strong show. And then, of course, we got the debut in the familiar song one slot uh, where they like to debut new stuff. Everything Must Go was first played. Set two, song one. I, th- I think that honestly is a great spot to debut songs. Like, I mean, they, they've proved that this year with, you know, doing that, you know, five or six shows in a row at the beginning of the year. Seven shows even. But... Yeah, that's that's a great spot to debut songs. And I remember we weren't that hot on Everything Must Go when it debuted, but I think it's grown on all of us quite a bit since. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Really nice creatures. You know, not your not your standard run of the mill version. I had a, had a nice little jam here before they before they shammed it. Straightforward Arcadia seven two six. Well, wait, the the Arcadia was that really crazy double time Rage Cadia as as it was dubbed at the time. But it, 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 it was it was a very interesting take on a shorter version of the song that stayed mostly within the box. But I, I think that's something that we shouldn't just skip over. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah, really, really unique jam in the Arcadia for sure. 
And then the drip field, you know, I think when it comes to my jam of the year ratings, I think drip field might've ended up being like the, maybe the second highest ranked jam from the fall tour that, that slotted into my list. So, and, and, you know, this is what, you know, you, you mentioned this a little bit with the Rosewood, but yeah, this, this, this drip field, you know, like the pancakes that we'll talk about just the way that they broke the jam down. And then, you know, Rick doing some nice, gorgeous kind of finger picking, just Mm -hmm. setting that, setting that melody up. And then, and then from there, you know, just turns into, to just this, uh, you know, really beautiful jam. So yeah, I, I really like, I really like this one. I think that Cleveland drip field is still my, my go drip field, but uh, you know, I really, really, really liked this version. One of the best jams from the fall. I thought. Yeah. Damn good drip field for a while there. Like I wasn't sure. Like I, I did a lot of listening to Cleveland side by side with this drip field, but this is like the centerpiece of this show, right? This drip field is great. Mm-hmm. And I think also, like you were saying, Jive, the jam in this song shows up kind of like in spirit elsewhere on this tour. Like when we talk about the pancakes later on from New Orleans, I think very similar in that regard. But yeah, this is a very, very, very good drip field. Bodes well for where drip fields are going. Like I hope this is not just like a once in a while thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, awesome. And then, you know, other thing to point about the show, point out about the show is that this is like the second night of like going into kind of one of these like kitschy covers, like out of one of their like pretty cool, like not necessarily jam vehicle songs, songs, but yeah. Yeah. Like we had like hunger sight, can't get you out of my head. And then like tonight uh, or the night before, and then tonight we had creature Shama, which is like a classic, I guess. But yeah, also just want to echo that I really enjoy this Arcadia. It's pretty cool. Arcadia is not doing this year what it was doing last year at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some someone made a someone made a comment or a few people made comments. I think mostly on Facebook when I when I posted my updated jam rankings the other day, they were like, "Well, where are all the Arcadias?" And my my point was like, there are a few strong ones from earlier in the year, like Nashville or Madison. Like those ones are great. Yep. Um, and I think the best thing for Arcadia in 2022 is the return or the return the the emergence of the slow ending becoming a consistent occurrence. I think that is amazing and should be in every Arcadia. But yeah, in 2021, you know, you have versions like Swansea, you have versions like Legend Valley, you have versions like uh, Portland, you have versions like Mission that are just getting way out there into type two, like extended jams, what have you. Those haven't really been happening in the song this year. And that, that's not necessarily a, a, a bad thing, but it's just... You know, the the song has been serving more as a like a, a, a punctuation mark on sets, like as a set closer or just like an energy boost instead of a major jam vehicle. So will we see that change towards the end of the year? Maybe. But, you know, that's kind of the role it's been serving, which is fine. Like different songs, you know, rotate out of being cute, like the, the focal point of their improvisation. Like if you look at Elizabeth, you know, there are some really strong versions of it, 2019, 2020. And then 2021, it, it kind of took a back seat, and it's kind of emerged a little bit again as a jam vehicle this year. Yep. Um, all I need, you know, last year, every version was like 20 minutes and insane. This year, we've had multiple 35-minute versions of it, but also this fall, they were all 10 to 15. So, you know, song, songs serve different purposes in different time periods. And then the other thing to point out about the show is um, it was Jeb's 121st show mm-hmm. and he finally got his first Shama, which is not true. But for some reason or another, that was said over the stage, over the mic, on stage. 
You know what? 121 is a is a big milestone. I think. Yeah. But let, let's go ahead. Uh, let's check out October 2nd in Atlanta. The next night, solid first set. You know, I, w- I would like to mention if anybody is staying updated on elgoose.net, the Indian River Jam is now labeled not as Delta-ish, but as Welcome to Delta. This is as per uh, the the multi instrumentalist Peter himself, um, who told me that. Uh, the only reason that the riff is different in the Indian River Jam is because when they played it after Indian River for the first time, he couldn't remember what the original riff was. So this is why it's played a different way, and I, I figured that was enough to note it as the Welcome to Delta Jam. Brian has a dissenting opinion. Yeah, because, well, hold on, he's going to say it. I mean, Peter basically said, if it smells like Delta and sounds like Delta, <laughs> then it's Delta. Like it's not Delta-ish. I'm still a Delta-ish guy at heart. But hey, look, if he wants to just change the change the chords or whatever and and call it Delta, then that's cool by me. I mean, it's their song, not mine. So slight variation in the riff. What I thought Jive was going to say is it, every time it's been played, it's been played after Indian River. So that wasn't like the first time. It just there was a large gap in between that that Delta jam being slapped on the end of mm-hmm. Indian River in a while, right? Now, just to be clear, this is not being noted as a separate song. It is not Indian River into Welcome to Delta. It is Indian River with a Welcome to Delta jam. Okay. Ish. There, 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 there was lots of deliberation that went into this decision. Uh, the Elgoose.net committee uh, is hard at work, uh, you know, deliberating over things and oh taking different people's opinions into account. I feel like there's only... A few opinions that really matter, though, and and I'm talking about Peter. <laughs> I mean, I think his opinion maybe carries some weight on this issue. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know what, what's interesting, though? What is really cool is that the song can be so organic insofar as it's been a long gap since Caverns, right? Yes. With, like, Welcome to Zelda, and then it was, like, brought back. And, like, Peter just played it the way that he thought he should play it, and then that's now what Welcome to Delta is or the welcome welcome the delta section right of indian river so i don't don't know i I thought that was really cool and also cool of him to be like straight up like yeah i just played it differently this time just because i didn't remember it yeah Uh, and it sounds pretty good to me so i mean it's not like he was doing anything wrong out there are you saying he should forget more parts of other songs uh, no, I, I think what I'm saying is that it's pretty cool. That what, what would happen, Brian? What would happen if he forgot how to play Kylie? It would most likely be something good. <laughs> Before we go on, like yes. the point I'm trying to make is that in the end, this is good music, and this is the kind of thing that probably happens all the time. And I think as listeners, we assume the artist is just kind of really carefully thinking through all of these things. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen here, and the result is cool. That's the point I'm trying to make. Fair enough. Also, I, I do want to point out that this 80 synth version is sticking around for a number of versions, and I'm curious how long until they decide to switch up the feel of the song. Is now a good time um, to talk about how many versions there are, right? Since we're like going to spend a half an hour talking about Indian River. This has also been a highly deliberated topic, and you know, like while while we're while we're on the topic, <laughs> just really quickly, I I had gone through recently and listened to every version that's available on Bandcamp or Nugs, and I had pinpointed nine different versions um, to which uh, a certain 
person who will remain nameless scoffed at me and told me that there were only five and I was wrong. And so I'm, I'm working on rectifying that on the website, but good luck uh, with that. Good luck with that. Hey, can we talk about no rain from this show? Yes, it's no rain is actually no really rain. good. Shout out to Noah uh, for getting his no rain, his request. Very exciting. We're all jealous of you because I want to no rain. This, this is a fantastic jam. Another, another one that hits that, you know, blissed out uh, theme, but no rain delivers, man. Well, this one's really good. I mean, this is really good to Guitar Goose. I, yeah. I said this on Twitter at the time, and sorry, Brian, go ahead. Uh, no, no, I was just going to make the comment about No Rain, just that we talked about before. I mean, it's just got a, a, an insanely high slugging percentage. Yeah. Um, just just one of those covers that they that they really, you know, they take it out a little bit, but it's always really good. You know what I mean? They, they, just, they just don't seem to miss with it, so. Mm-hmm. And it, it's crazy that, you know, how many shows they played this year, because... It was last played February 2nd in Bend, but that's 54 shows. Like, yep. crazy. Yep. And th- th- this kind of begins um, the long gap cover bust-outs, if you will. Um, I, I'm, I'm noting anything over 50 shows as a bust-out on the website, which is, you know, people disagree, whatever. I think 50 is a, a notable enough gap um, to get noted. But... You know, we, we get covers that had been last played in, you know, that opening week of the year in the winter, uh, end of January, early February. Um, we get a number of those busted out uh, on this tour, which I was pretty happy about. And I'm hoping those songs come back into regular rotation, no rain included. Yeah, I'm hesitant to use the term bust out at all with anything that Goose does. But That's fair. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that they're they're pulling these covers out of nowhere. I don't ever say bust out. And, uh, you know, when I do set lists, yeah, yeah, I definitely, I'm not really into the, into the whole bust out thing unless, you know, like Turkish Hills would be a bust out. Yes. That's why you and I both cover set list. That's why you and I doing a set list works because we both note different things. I really, I just like to note the songs that they played. Exactly. Like if you're, if you're a guy, like like if there's like a guest, guest appearance or... But if you're a huge stats nerd like me, lgoose.net. Yeah, not much else about about this show that I would probably not a um, <laughs> you know, you know, go into. I guess you know they busted out a rise. Um and they busted that wasn't out, a bust out. Pumped up kicks. Yeah. I mean uh, rise is the Beethoven was uh over 50 shows. That was a shows. bust out. Yeah. That was that was over 50 shows. Pumped up kicks was 42. Oh, and so almost, it, almost a bust out. Always almost a bust out. <laughs> Sometimes almost hey. there. Uh, well. Hey, Echo Encore is pretty badass. Yeah. I, I have to say that about this show. Yeah. Like, uh, they can do more and more of these, right? Earlier in this tour, we got, like, Honeybee Encores. But yeah. Echo Encore, I'll take it. I, I'm good with it as well. Um, you know, I, I was listening to some older Echoes today, and... You know, I find it interesting, you know, they, they've gone through different versions, like Atlas Dogs had different versions. We've been in this, the, the fast version, quote unquote, of Echo since, you know, Austin last year. I'm curious if we're ever going to see the original version of Echo get played again. I'm okay if it doesn't, because as someone who is initially hesitant on this fast version of Echo uh, at the end of last year, it's really grown on me, especially because of how well it jams. But What's interesting also is that I feel like we had a couple of really, really awesome echoes at the beginning of the year. 
And then it's kind of been relegated to this 12 to 15 minute slot in the set where it just kind of echoes, which is really, really good. But it has so much more potential, you know, and we haven't had an echo with second jam in a really long time. Have we had one since Portland in February? Or was that the last one? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't think about that set that much. <laughs> it was more asking you. jive. I could tell you if they played Echo of a Rose. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> hey, uh, but you know, listen. As far as as far as putting putting Echo, you know, in that in that placement or whatever. Oh, you know, encore that shit. You know, that's what encore I always say. Shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think. Oh yeah. I think encore that shit. I think do it. You know what I mean? If that's what yeah. you. Yeah, I, but you know, and they really do mix up encores. You know what I mean? They they don't, you know, they don't tend to fall into a lot of you know kind of encore ruts where they're doing a lot of the same stuff. And they really do mix it up. And so I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, and uh, but but encore definitely I think caught everybody by surprise. I mean I think that was a pleasant pleasant encore surprise for everyone. I remember that being a pleasant surprise for my fantasy score as well. Yeah, we've managed to avoid fantasy discussion until this point, but I think that one saved me as well. I, I think I think I'm not gonna get into it until I start having PTSD the last couple of shows of the tour. Let's uh yeah, I mean let's let's definitely do I mean we're definitely gonna do a fantasy rap. Of course. Of course. So uh because Neil has brought up some really good points about like overall score for the year and things like that that <laughs> I think we should that we should reiterate. So yeah. But uh hey let's move on to St. Louis. St. Louis. St. Louis. Hey, listen, I want to start, let's, and and I know we want to kind of move through these shows a little bit quickly because we did the day after shows and whatever, but listen, we need to start St. Louis off with a tale of a man who really, really wanted to hear a song and, and was totally okay to buy a ton of merch in order 20, to hear that song. But we, we have gotten a quote around $20,000 um, was the approximate amount of merch that Matt would have had to buy. Um, had he if, been held to the you know yeah. original offer. And to be fair, he was ready at the end of the show to go back um, and buy all of the merch. Oh, yeah. um, but he, he did tell us, if you want to go back actually to the day after show talking about, um, I believe it was... The second night of New Orleans, uh, when we had Matt on. So if you go back to the day after show from October 7th, the second night of New Orleans, uh, we had Matt on. He told us his whole story about this show. Go check that out. Uh, Matt is an amazing person, donated big to Groove Safe. Amazing guy and great, great story. Um, and we thank him for the Jeff Engborg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Matt brought his checkbook, you know, to the show. And so that's... He was ready. That's big. You know what I mean? He was, he was ready to go. Now he did end up, you know, making a donation, you know, he tells this story, uh, you know, the merch thing did, didn't quite work out. And, and he, and even after the show, he tried to still hook that up. Um, so he ended up making, making a, a sizable donation and then did some matching. Um, so yeah, so, so really good, really good job by Matt. He's a really awesome guy. You know, in fact, you know, I, I won't give all the details, but, but there were a few people that worked with me on doing some, you know, just kind of some, like a drawing for, for a few sweatshirts. And Matt was involved with that as well. He reached out to me and, and wanted to be a part of that as well. So just a super cool dude. Yeah. I was really happy to have him on, on day after show and, and yeah, mm-hmm. man, cheers Matt for the, for the Angborg, which, you know, to, to get into this show a little bit, obviously, I mean, that was kind of the story of that first set along with the Jive Lee, I'd say for me, I mean, those were, I was going to say, we can't, we can't skip over the Jive Lee and just go right to the Angborg here because this Jive Lee is just amazing. This is honestly, you know, 
Again, another song that kind of had a lighter 2021. This Jive Lee is, I, I think, the, one of two on my playlist. There was a third that uh, recently became a casualty of being below number 64. Um, but this and Art Park uh, are still very much on my playlist. Like, a couple of amazing Jive Lee jams. You know, it's 16 minutes, and if you think about it, the whole song is jam. So you're getting so much more improv than you get in any other 16-minute song, really. So... But this Jive Lee is just relentless, you know, hot fire for 16 minutes. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, anytime you get like 28 straight minutes of some kind of jive, yeah, that's something to be excited about. This right? is true. So you get like, you know, the Jive 2 and then the Jive Lee. That's like pretty, pretty awesome stuff. I, I think, you know, Peter did some pretty awesome synth work in that Jive Lee, which is always great. Can Shout out do that. to that prophet. Yeah, I, I have no idea which instrument he's playing. I just know it sounds like a synth to me. The Prophet. And then, you know, the other thing to note about that Jivali is that it had a pretty cool section that is awfully close to Dragonfly, which is the, 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 the common the, occurrence. The Danny Rosewood's Dragonfly <laughs> uh, tease. And then, of course, the, the super fast ending of that, which actually becomes a theme, actually, throughout the rest of this tour. They kind of do these super fast endings. So the drums just kind of went bananas in that. So awesome. And then, of course, the Angborg, which uh, was pretty great. Which actually, to note about the Angborg, Rick plays some parts of the song in a different way than he played them uh, when the song got played a few times in the winter in February and March. So if you go back and do an A-B listen between any of the three versions, Seattle, D.C., and uh, Royal Oak versus the St. Louis one, you'll notice that Rick's part's sound a little bit different which just it's interesting to listen to some little geekery for you all if you will sure i think the thing to talk about in the show though is magic carpet ride right like that's what we're here to talk about well so hold on a second let, let me let me jump in real quick so you know you talked about that you know the hyperspeed ending to lee um yep. you know something that we'd see i mean i mean yeah the the, the this old c in, in set two obviously the the huge highlight you know of this show but just to, to, to kick off the say, you know, we did the Hunger Sight, Sans Jam, but kind of going into the Magic Carpet Ride. And so, you know, I was just thinking about how, you know, we saw like the All I Need, you know, going into covers, you know, versus having it the second jam, the Wild Night. And and so the you know, Hunger Sight, Magic Carpet Ride, it just makes me wonder, you know what I mean? Like sometimes I, I feel like you when you drop Magic Carpet Ride there, I'm thinking to myself, Oh well, it was either Hunger Sight Jam or Magic Carpet Ride, or oh, it was either All I Need Second Jam or Wild Night. And mm. I know for me personally, I'm 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 always thinking like, oh yeah, I would have rather had the All I Need Second Jam, you know. Than the one. So like in a set like this, you know, we look at Hunger Sight, Sans Jam, Magic Carpet Ride, Arrow with a big jam, C with a big jam, and then you know SOS to close it out. What if you did Hunger Sight, you know, Sans Jam, but you went right into Arrow? And then you had that big arrow jam, and then maybe you do magic carpet ride at some point, or maybe you don't don't play it. I mean, you don't have to, <laughs> but but you know what I mean. It's like sometimes I just feel like with song placement, and again, you know, this is always such a this is like a personal thing. It's like you know, I, I have my own hangups on some of these things, but I look at that set, and that's what I think. I'm just like, oh yeah, maybe maybe you just push that magic carpet ride down a little bit so that you're not so that it doesn't appear to be in the place of something. 
You know what I mean? Like a, like something that you're taking a jam out of and then dropping that cover into. You know what mm. I mean? Play it somewhere where it, where it doesn't feel like it's instead of something that I would rather see. But again, that's just my thing. I don't write the set list. I wish I <laughs> no, did sometimes. I think I could come up with some really cool ones, to be honest. But they do a really great, they do a really great <laughs> job overall. I mean, 99% of this stuff is done so well. I just like to point out these little ones just for, for the sake of conversation. Yes. Well, shall we shall we talk about this old C? I mean, I think that, that's the one to talk about. I was joking when I said, let's talk about Magic Carpet Ride. You know uh, what? You do like I've it, though. I mean, you like this one. I, yeah. I do love it. I've said it before. I don't want to sound redundant. But, uh, you know, being raised on Max Creek as a, a youth from Connecticut, Magic Carpet Ride is, you know, it, that's the gem, man. That's a, it's, you're, you're ready to party when they play it. And I think when Goose plays this song, there is a section of this tune that is very separate from the fact that we're maybe sick and tired of hearing Magic Carpet Ride all the time that is worth listening to. And they do that in this Magic Carpet Ride. It is good. And the hunger side before it is also very good, even though it's short. I don't know. No, Neil, Go I was ahead. just going to say, we, we have the luxury now, too, of just being able to like, you know, it's so easy to fast forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like on your Max Creek tapes, you know, it's <laughs> it was harder. It just it just took more energy to like find the spot on the tape maybe where the jam started. So you just were forced to listen to it. Yeah, well no, I was just there, you know, because I had nothing better. You were to just do. there so somebody yeah. I grew yeah. up in the woods of Connecticut. So I only saw Max Creek, you know, two or three times and you know, when I was in the Northeast. Did they play Magic Carp Ride a lot? Was it a big they did play it often. Yeah. You know, it's funny when they, when they sang it, they would often sing it as magic mustache ride, you know, innuendo. Uh, yeah, but it was yeah. like, kind of hilarious. Oh, those guys. Oh man. Max Creek. Um, I've seen probably like, I, I don't know, like 30 or 40 Max Creek shows only because they like lived not too far from where I grew up and we went to see them a ton. And like, well, aren't I've you talked lucky about this living in the North. Was your brother? The music happened. Oh, my was brother your brother was a big there. Max Creek fan? Or was he uh, taking Yeah, I mean, we shows? all were. Like, if you grew up in Connecticut then, like, we didn't we didn't have fucking Eggy. We didn't have Goose. <laughs> we didn't have, <laughs> like, Residual Groove. We had, like, fucking Max Creek, and that was it. Like, it's the only <laughs> thing we had. And then we had, like, Shakedown, which, if you grew up around here, like, Shakedown was, like, a Grateful Dead cover band with a dude playing guitar who looked just like Jerry. And I guess he's still around. Fantastic human being. Like, I've met him a zillion times. But yeah, that's all we had, man. And we had like a, another band like called 420, I think. I don't know. Uh, long yeah, story and, and short. occasionally Fish would come through the area. Yeah, well, yeah, and there's that, right? Like we were always stoked for that. But the whole point of it all is like people were you, growing so up. So what about the breakfast? Were you, were you already out of Connecticut by the time? Yeah, I was out like, like when I moved to Boston was when the breakfast were kind of becoming a thing. Like, um, you know, what the, what's the dude's name? Psychedelic Breakfast. Psychedel they were Psychedelic Breakfast back then. At the time. And, like, he was, like, a savant guitar player, like a kid. So I'm assuming we're about the same age now. But, you know, we had, like, shit like Jiggle the Handle and Schleigo and, oh, like, yeah. all that stuff. But, now, uh, now known just by Jiggle. It's yeah, just Jiggle. Jiggle now. Yeah, Jiggle. <laughs> um, all these bands no. change. Yeah, a lot of, lot of name changes. Yeah, you know, in those in those early jam band days, you know what I mean. I think some, I think some of those names sounded a lot cooler when they were nineteen than, you <laughs> yeah. know, without a doubt. So the the point I'm trying to make here, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like, like we've gotten way off track. Yeah, no, we well, I'm trying to make a point. 
I'm trying to make a point. <laughs> and the point is, like, if you live in Connecticut now, and you've lived in Connecticut for the past 10 years, um, which I haven't, you are so incredibly lucky. Uh, that's not to, like, denigrate any of these bands, because they're all great bands. I love Max Creek. I will go see them, like, a zillion times more before I die. Like, damn, there's so much good shit going on in Connecticut right now. Like, people should be really, really excited about it. I mean, Jeff Arabolo has, like, literally 30 bands that fucking rule right now so hey he just of, he actually just formed a new band today yeah, actually speaking of <laughs> uh, jeff arevalo and his 30 bands uh if you would like to hear him talk about all of said bands <laughs> oh, there's an amazing episode of we moved through stormy weather uh where i talked to jeff about all of his current projects it's it's great i had a great actually time a- actually as much as it pains me to say this, you know, well, first of all, I, I actually listened to a, to one of you your did? episodes. Yeah. Hey, you were on one. You better, you know, I just like, I like Jeff and uh, you know, it's, it sounded like, you know, there were some interesting tales being told and some cool stuff. So I tuned in and yeah, I mean, it was actually really good. You both actually did, uh, did a fine job. Yeah. That was yeah, a really so. good episode. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate, I, I appreciate it. So listen, this old sea. Yes. It's thank so you for good. Us back. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, what I, what I, you know, I always like when, when, you know, you get the, you know, when you get kind of the, the OG, you know, slow build, pretty jam. So you get that and then you get, you know, a bonus, some really good bonus jams here, which, uh, you know, chills it down, does some cool stuff and then goes into the, you know, really upbeat kind of, you know, it's almost, uh, you know, Ryan, you'll probably be able to talk about the, the structure of the, of that per, last progression, but, and it's not circusy, but, you know, just a, just a really upbeat, fast progression and they just crush it. Uh, really awesome, unique ending. And I mean, yeah, high, um, I think that I, that might be my highest jam from fall tour, my playlist. I don't know. I need to take a look, but yeah, that's so good. So good. Yeah. Cool thing about this one is uh double kit really crushes the end of this this old sea jam from like about the 1540 mark on and i think we talked about this when we were listening to them in the moment on the day after shows where i was like i don't know if i like heard so much of the drums second listen the double kit really makes a a huge difference in a bunch of jams this is one the jive lee from the show earlier also but uh in in this old sea it, it really takes it to like a second level and this one also finishes very very fast because i think you know as jeff said on his interview with ryan uh sometimes he gets really excited and he just has to jump on the kit yeah and i think that happened here i I think that is really what what went down what's also cool to me is also in said podcast episode um jeff mentions how he and Spuds don't really practice on their own ever. Like all of their practice comes from when they're rehearsing as a full band or playing as a full band. And as a dual drummer setup, you know, you have to be so locked into each other. So like the snare hits always come at the same time. You're not stepping on each other's toes. That's part of it. You know, Jeff says in in the rig rundown video uh, that I did with him or rig tour, if you will, um, back in March. He says that his hi-hat, he doesn't have the pedal active on it. So he doesn't he doesn't open and close it because he doesn't want to interfere with what Spuds is doing. And so it's interesting to hear how they structure their, their playing as well as the fact that they don't really practice just the two of them ever to lock in on things. 
it's amazing how locked in they always are. I, I honestly, I think the tightness of the band or the precision, precision, you know, some will, say. Yeah. I, I mean, I, honestly, I, th- I think Goose is is a little underrated. You know, that was one of the things from from really early on when I became a fan that that always really impressed me was, you know, just the just the tightness. I mean, there's there's hardly ever any sloppiness. You know what I mean? When we talk about you know sloppiness or 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 things, you know, it's usually about you know it's 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 one person you know just flubbing, right? Mm-hmm. And th- and that happens. But in terms of you know, there's never obviously there's no train wrecks, but I mean there's never anything even close. I mean these guys these guys are always you know really locked in with each other, and I think that yeah you know, I, I think like I said I think they're underrated in that area. Yeah, yeah. So it's my second, about- by the way. Sorry, by the way, it's my second. Um, highest jam action on my first pit the pancakes um yeah the I pancakes up, i, end up I can't high, so. wait yeah i can't to wait to talk about, about that stuff. We'll, we'll get there we'll get there we'll get there yeah and like also we, we kind of skipped over this arrow this arrow is a very good arrow in yes. my opinion there, there are a, a couple of more above average arrows on this tour for sure yeah and this one has like a couple unique sections i mean it, it starts pretty early on stepping away from the structure of the song there's not like that repetitive arrow thing that i think we often complain about like on the the podcast this is a good arrow it's worth listening to in my opinion but we should probably talk about uh new orleans because new orleans another another really strong first set here you know we get atlas dogs with green sleeves jam in here which is pretty cool earthling or alien a little bit of churn another strong short all i need into wild night now before you guys go and slander wild night everywhere i know it's probably my my younger age talking where i you know i didn't hear it 80 billion times or whatever but i really like their cover of wild night uh you know this was a 119 show bust out last played uh the september 17th 2020 show at south farms that also contained the hosewood but i really like their cover of this but i i think it's an overall very strong first set if nothing else, Wild Night's a harbinger of a very good show. This is a very, very good show. Um, I think uh, the Elizabeth in this show, also very good. It's a hot Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Atlas Dogs with Green Sleeves. It's kind of kitschy, but, you know, that was pretty cool. I do like this Earthling Aurelian. And, you know, the funny thing about Earthling Aurelian is that uh, a lot of people like to hate on this song. I like to remind people that I love this song and I think this song killed in this set, but churn baby churn. Yeah. Hey, I mean, so a lot. And then, well, hold on. The, the, all I need also in the set flames. It's so good. I mean, this one is actually pretty cool insofar as they played the first jam. Very good. And then they actually sounded like they were going to play a second jam for like a good minute and a half before they dropped into Wild Night. So they, they faked us all out, and we thought we were getting a second jam. We were like, this is going to be the one. This is going to be the all I need of the, the tour. Uh, didn't happen necessarily, but still killer all I need. Yeah, they were just setting up that dope segue. Yeah, it, it was actually really wasn't segue. half bad. It was a pretty good segue. So, yeah, and, and I mean, this was a really long set, you know, before the all I need. You know, I think I think when they started the all I need, we were surprised. Yeah, and then when they went into the second jam, we were really surprised because of how long that set already was. But then they wrapped it up quick. But yeah, you know, you mentioned Wild Night there. You know what is interesting about yeah, last time it was played was at a pretty sick show, 
you know, Wild Night opened a show that I really like. I, did you, are you, does that ring a bell for you guys? Wild Night opener. We you just passed the anniversary. Wilkesbury, ten twenty five ah, nineteen. Ah, yes. Wild Night opened that show. It's true. That that is that a very is a hell of a show. You you are far more of a twenty nineteen scholar than I ever will be. Uh, so Me as I'll well. acknowledge that. But, um, but I did. I will say I did go uh, to that show as part of my quest to figure out what was up with Disco Mist, um, and I've concluded that there was nothing up with Disco Mist. Um, and if if you visit Elgoose.net in the near future, there is no longer any record of Disco Mist. It's a vibe, bro. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. Well, anyway. <laughs> Later in this show, they played a really good Wisteria and a really good Mississippi Half-Step. Yeah, I would say a really good Wisteria and an even better Mississippi Half-Step. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go there. I'll go there. Half-Step has been killing it in 2022. Like, So, and you know what's funny is that Goose's Half-Steps are better than Phil and Friends, I just found out. I just learned this. <laughs> you, you learned this when Phil and Friends played it this past weekend? Yeah, you know, I have hopes for that that half step, but you know, I mean, that was pretty good. Phil and friends. So did Graham. Was, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah oh, shit. <laughs> We're gonna outtake oh. that for the uh, the podcast account. Um, I think that's fine. Hey, so like, let's not like skip over the fact that uh, this set is actually a very strong set all the way through. Yeah. The butter rum is a very good butter rum. It's a lot of a lot of very good butter rums in 2022. Yeah, also. I mean it's just like a straightforward type one song. Whether or not yeah. you really like butter rum, the type one jam is very good. And get the fuck out of my face is fucking awesome in this show. Yeah, I mean yeah. Trevor, you know we haven't said it yet, which is weird that we haven't said this yet on this podcast. But Trevor really was the star of this tour, mm-hmm. and listening to this, I mean it was really, really, really good bass playing. It was really, really good drumming, and and this can get the funk out of my face. So let's not skip over that. I mean, it is kind of like a kitschy cover and and all of that, but it definitely added to the set. And this set was like, there was no like highs and lows in this set. It was just rage all the way through until Erosion. So I don't know. It's it's a pretty killer set. And then the half step is one of the more unique jams of the tour. Because I think they did get a little grimy and a little bit dirty in this one. Um, so to echo your point, like Wisteria Lane, very good. Half step, probably the, the thing to really um, note in this show. Yeah. Get, and, and get the funk out my face was funkier. Yes. Was well, I mean, Peter, Peter again showcasing his incredible so, rhythm guitar skills. Listen, listen. That, yes. I'll take that cover. You know what I mean? So yep. I'll tell you, I'll take, I'll take get the funk over Beethoven mm-hmm. all day long. Yep. Oh yeah. And then obviously I'll take it over a, a lot of the other stuff. Kylie. Know, that, that, that you hear me talk about. Yeah. So, so yeah, not about that. And look, butter rum, you know, it's like, yeah, comeback. It's like, it's like the comeback kid. You know what I mean? We all, butter rum almost got canceled. You know what I mean? And <laughs> so oh, not God. only is it still in the repertoire, but. They're, you know, opening up set twos with it. Every butter rum, butter rum's average length now is probably 14 minutes. You know what I mean? It's like, they're not yeah. messing around anymore. They'll encore that shit too, by the way. 
So <laughs> they will encore that shit. I mean, encore that I, shit. <laughs> I almost have. I almost feel like. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't know. Maybe butter rum is not so bad. You know, it's uh. Look at this guy. Gets on the pod for an hour. Thinks that butter rum isn't so bad anymore. Everybody never thought I'd seems see to really like it. You know, and that I makes me like happy. It. You know, when everybody's happy, then that makes me happy. You know what Put I mean? Put it in the history so, books. Noted butter rum apologist Jive Goose. Hey, I mean it's it's good in a slot. It's a set two opener. It gets 100%. people moving. Uh, get the funk out of my face, Ryan. Like you touched on this, uh, Peter's rhythm guitar playing in this is is full on Corey Wong, and it's fucking great. It's yeah. so punchy. I, I love it. Um, and yeah, I, this is this is a fucking killer set. Everything about this set's great. And this wisteria, this is like a good like workout or like running. Everybody's like, oh, what are the, my running jams? You know what I mean? I feel like this wisteria would be a good running jam. It's just. It's just really upbeat all the way through. You know what I mean? They don't like break it down into anything ambient or, you know, dirty. You know, it's just pretty feel good. Just keeps moving. You know what I mean? Really good. Uh, you know, if there's any runners out there, I, I, you know, try this one out. Let me know. Yeah. And another thing to say about the, this Wisteria is very, very similar to the jam that comes in the end of Chrysalis Echo, which we've talked about like a little bit. So if you listen to the two side by side, there there are points where they're almost indistinguishable. They're so, so similar. So try that on for size. If you have a chance, listen to both. Vickers, 902 Vickers, at 902 Vickers. Uh, the posted, infamous. The infamous. He posted like one of his like guess the jam things. And I heard it and I was like, holy shit, this is definitely Wisteria from the show. It's absolutely not that. It was actually the Chrysalis Echo. So it was hood. Oh, it wasn't good. Yeah, no, it's not that. It's not that. <laughs> it was he. You know what? It, the, the, there's been a couple of times lately where he and Madison Huvon have been have been posting like the actual thing that they're talking about, and it's really throwing me off. It's trying to yeah, man. Those, those guys keep you guessing for sure. You know <laughs> I don't I mean? like. I didn't know what to do. Oh, I love them. On a video that Vickers posted, and it was the actual jam that was in the video. It's like yeah, that's boring. Whoa! <laughs> what is this? <laughs> They're pumping out amazing content. Like good on those yes. guys. Shout out the the you know the the most recent one with um I think it was like the the video of Perry and then the went gin over it that Vickers did. <laughs> I mean that was perfect. It was so perfect. It was unbelievable. Up. If I didn't know went gin note for note, I I I would have been fooled. So I mean he's killing it. I wouldn't. It, it sounds like fish. Goose yeah, and fish so, do not sound the same. But anyway, uh, I yeah. digress. Loose ends in the encore, cool yeah, stuff. The, the encore too. is amazing. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, encore. I think I think loose ends is might be the greatest way to showcase white lights. Yeah, white lights, loose ends, a match made in heaven. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's like chocolate and peanut butter. <laughs> oh. Well, let, let's let's go ahead and <laughs> talk about morally uh, reprehensible connection. The show of the tour. The show of the tour. Uh, second night of New Orleans. We open up. Vibey tumble into regular tumble, which whoa, yeah, hell yeah, yeah, whoa, like so good. Um, we have learned uh, through Intel that this segment was improvised, um, which is incredible. That you know they, they didn't plan to go vibey into regular, um, but apparently they went on stage. Rick wanted to audible regular tumble in place of the vibey tumble that was on the set list, but Peter had already started laying down those 
reverse delay vintage vibe tones, um, which signal the beginning of vibe tumble. Um, and so, you know, they went ahead with vibe tumble. And then as the jam started going, Rick just threw in that composed section from normal tumble and they just, they, they went in with it. So similar to, to how they've approached with Arevalo. Yeah. Yes. Arevalo though, they did out of a hunger site jam. They did the composed section of tumble into vibe tumble. Yeah. It was inverted. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Neil has opinions on inverted. Uh, well, no, I, I'm just, I'm not going there. I, all I'm going to say is like, this is fucking awesome. It was a treat. And I hope they do more shit like this. Um, I, I am not one for setless trickery, which we're going to talk about later when we talk about another show on this tour. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, this was really fucking cool, man. This is a, a, an amazing version of the song. And like, I don't know, jam-wise, if this is one of the best tumbles I've ever heard. Uh, it's, you know, it's no peach tumble. But... Yeah, I was going to say, is it on the level of peach? <laughs> no, like, kidding aside, this is a really cool version of this song, and I will go back and listen to this again and again, just because they did it so differently. Um, and, well, you know... It... Go ahead. No, you finish. I was just going to say, this. this was, like, them slapping it down and saying, like, this show is going to absolutely kick ass. And they actually prove that throughout the rest of this set, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's an opener. I think that, that does kind of let everybody know what's, what's about to go down for sure. Yeah. And yeah, I totally agree, man. I mean, play it this way more. You know what I mean? I already, I, I like, I already want to hear slow tumble more. Yeah. This was the but first, this, but this, but doing it this way, but doing it this way, it's like, it's it's like you get the you truly get the best of both worlds. You know what I mean? Uh, because I feel like the verse part, I, just the slow tumble, just I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I guess it's similar in a way to like slow ready and so ready. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I think I'm a I think I'm I'm a slow ready um, person because just the lyrical flow and it's just the laid back. You know what I mean? I just I just really love that. So I so I really love slow tumble. I think for some of those same reasons and. But then to get, you know, the full jam um, out of that, yeah, yeah, man, re- really, really loved this. I mean, this, this whole, the, the the construction of this of this first set. I mean, and like I said, I mean, this is the show of the tour for me, and and for me, I, that 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 came pretty easy. Um, but yeah, the 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 super sweet tumble, and then California magic, Indian River. You know, without the you know without the Delta ish jam, which you know just I mean. Look, I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these set ones are are down in like the you know sixty five minute you know kind of range, so that twenty minutes of Indian River it just eats up a lot of the set. You know what I mean? And, and so I, th- I yeah. think that's that, that. Honestly, it's not that I don't like it as much as boy, it just takes up a lot of space. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, so we just get the you know we just get the, the more kind of standard Indian River, Bob Don with with yep. shout out Kev who could not be here. Uh, for this episode, but he likes Kev likes a Bob Don with, you know, yeah. Kev's like, I mean, Kev who likes doesn't? Bob Don. You know what's cool? I feel about like he Bob was Don the with? first person ever to like yep. really latch onto it and like be like, he's like the biggest, he's like the earliest and biggest Bob yes. Don with fan that but I. But also, were, were, was there any of us who didn't hear Bob Don with on the webcast at Kansas City last year and immediately be like, yes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we're connoisseurs though. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and you know, it's like Fine we put a lot of time in on this. This stuff, is you know only I mean? also though to note. This is only the fifth with ever, and the first one since March. So yeah, yeah. you know what's cool it about this? Feel width? like that before what's we move cool on from the width. width? Neil? They when they they launch into this with I, I don't know who's doing it. I assume it's Peter, but there is kind of a like a kind of noisy dissonance in the background that somebody is doing that reminds me of Radiohead circa like the Ben's OK Computer era, and it actually extends out throughout this whole entire width, and it's really really fucking cool. This is like my favorite Bob Don width ever. Uh, Radiohead because, would would crush Bob Don with. I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would. It it it'd sound very different. Uh, Tom York would just kind of go ape shit with that. But uh, hey, Radiohead, if you're listening, yeah, <laughs> like Tom York, if you're listening, please. Uh, but no, it like there is like a definite Radiohead vibe to the way they they launched into this Bob Don with, and it's very cool. I listened to this today when we were preparing for this podcast, or when I was, and uh, hell yeah, man, and. You know, you said there's only five Bob Don Wits ever. And I think almost every show it's shown up in is a really special show. And this is a special show. There we go. Story of Bob Don Witt. And then the yep. set closes with Lookout Cleveland, perfect segue into Turbulence. Amazing. Yeah. Like, this show is just great. Yeah. And then we, we open up We open up set two, flow down, wait, 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 unfinished wait, wait, hold on, hold on. mist, whatever. Oh, wait, okay. Wait, wait. Oh, ooh. Before we move on, like, Lookout Cleveland also not too frequently played of a cover. And then this yeah. turbulence is probably my favorite tur- favorite turbulence ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ending of this turbulence really does take advantage of the, the peak that's built into the song. And Rick is doing full on like guitar heroics at the end of this. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and this is a killer turbulence. I, I, I don't want to like kind of move past this without saying, Oh yeah. This is like worth going back and listening to just flames. I mean, this is, we talked about this a little bit before, but yeah, I mean, this is such a, I mean, you know, and we've seen it as set two closer, set one closer. Th- th- this is, this is one of those it works songs, anywhere. man. Yeah. It I was just going to say, this is one of those songs that you can really put in any like, you know, high energy spot, you know, open the show with it, close the set, you know, encore. Close the it. show. Yeah. And, encore and that keeps, shit, man. Yeah. Encore that shit. And it just keeps getting, I just feel like, you know, oh, that jam just keeps getting just better and better and more fire. And I mean, yeah, I'm just, you know, like, I don't, this is one of those songs too, where it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't need to, I don't care if they jam this out. Like, I'm not looking for that in this song. I'm just looking for like, if anything, just extend that just fire jam and that fire solo as long as you want, because I mean, it's just the energy that comes out of it. And it's just, it's, it's just, pleases my ears too. I mean, it's just such an awesome sounding song. I just, I just really love it. Yeah. But yeah, Ryan, to, to move on to set two, I mean, you know, I feel like, you know, if if you told me, Hey, does the, does your favorite show of fall tour have a set two that opens up with flow down and then an unfinished mist? I'd probably be like, no, of course not. You know, that doesn't sound good, you know, but the pancakes, that follows the unfinished mist is is a is a thing of beauty. It's a work of musical art. Oh, it's this is my favorite show of the fall, and this is my favorite jam of the fall. Hell yeah! I mean, it's just it's so good. It's it's similar to the drip field in in a sense, you know, where you know 
you know, they build it up, they build up to kind of the proper jam. And then when they take it down, you know, Rick again, just starts finger picking this, this, this beautiful melody, but this jam is in, in, in my mind, you know, it, it just, it just goes further and, and it's more powerful to me than the drip field jam, um, which is also great. This is the only in unfinished pancakes to date. It's like the best one. Like, like, well, is this, are, are you, are you noting this as your favorite pancakes? No, 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 I'm not no. like Nashville. <laughs> like it's like not even fucking number close. two. Like, yeah. Um, second in my stack. I have this three. Uh, Wait, what do you have DC, second? DC. DC, of course. Yeah. Um, you know it. Well, so I'll, I'll say this about this. That's mid-stack, like, bro. We're not going like deep into like analyzing jams on this this particular podcast, but like I think this one bears mentioning a couple things. This pancakes for almost 12 minutes is a pretty straightforward pancakes. Um and then then Rick introduces that really, really simple melody. And the interesting thing about this jam is like there isn't much variation to it. it it is that very simple jam the melody that he introduces um and they stay on that throughout the whole rest of this pancakes and it's just beautiful it's just a, a truly beautiful jam and you know me i'm like a sucker like they're really super beautiful jams like i don't know like uh legend valley creatures for example um which is much shorter and probably not nearly as cool as this one but the the beautiful improvised part of this jam is not just rick introducing this and everybody kind of picking it up but right at about like the 16 and a half minute mark the drums come in and again it's the dual kit stuff where i think jeff jumps in on the kit and is like really really into whatever they're doing and the swells that they get out of the like the double kits and the the uh, trevor on the bass make this like so incredibly dramatic and it's so good this jam crushes it's it's my favorite jam of the tour like jive said and it's awesome and i I like the way it ends too it it dissolves so nicely into darkness uh after so yeah man what what a fucking awesome jam so good it's so good and yeah you know darkness you know we talked about this a little bit on the on the day after and uh it's a nice spot for it you know, it's not a cool, it's, I mean, it's, it doesn't come off as a cool down song, but the way this darkness gets slotted in between that incredible pancakes and then the Madavan that is also quite good, by the way, that, that closes this set, I feel like that darkness works really well right there. And, and, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead, but let me just say, you know, in a show full of highlights, there's four really big highlights for me. And it's, Tumble, pancakes, Madavan, and what's up? Yep, man. That like, I mean, I'm just gonna jump right on that. That what's up is so fucking good. Like this, this Madavan, great. It, it's good. It's got like a lot of sections that are like super familiar and like, I, like it's not, yeah. I mean, it, it's good. It's a very good Madavan. It's like huge, which like we really yeah. want to see from like Madavans. But like, if you really want to get goosebumps, listen to the goose music. Fast forward to the two minute mark of what's up when the whole entire crowd is singing that song. I mean, it, it may be kind of a, another kitschy cover that they do, but like, man, it's so good. It's, oh, it's so incredible. This is a great good. song. It's a great it song. It is a great Look, song. It's a great song. And, and listen, find the video, find the crowd shot video of that part 
and and it's it hits home even more you know what i mean just yeah, yeah that that whole room was you know was singing oh. along and just everyone was so psyched yeah i mean you know i think we talked a little bit about what's up and kind of what we you know we were asking the question you know like like, where is it? You know what I mean? Like, what's up with that? What's up with what's you know, up? not playing it, you know, <laughs> Where, where's the four non blondes, you know? And so, you know, there coincidentally, you know, it popped up, you know, shortly after that. And yeah, I mean, I was fired up, dude. I mean, I just, I truly, truly like this song. I think it brings back really good memories for me. You know, that's definitely a part of it, but it's just such a, man, it's just such a good song. And I just love, I don't know. It's just, it's one of the, it's, it's just, it's one of those many covers that it's like, I just love the service that goose gives to these songs. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's like tasteful and fun and, you know, musically, like they take it seriously. You know, they don't fuck around with these, with these songs, you know, it's, they do, they do, they just do it so well. You know what I mean? They really pay tribute to, you know, these songs. And, and for this one, it just, I guess it's just more personal for me. I just, I just love it so much. And I was so happy to hear it. And I hope we don't have to wait as long as we, had to wait in between the last two plays. And just to clarify, that was 125 shows. So is that a, would we call that a bust out? <laughs> oh, we call that a bust out. Is that a double yeah. bust out? No, no such thing. It's, it's yeah. bust or, out like, or it's Are not. there levels of busting out? Unfortunately not. Let, let's move okay, so on. Just wait. a bust out or it's not a bust out. Yeah. So, I mean, Goose does make this song their own, I think. Yes. Uh, which song. is really cool. I mean, sometimes artists can do that. And I think they do a really good job of that. Like this is nowhere near on the level of like Johnny Cash singing hurt, but like they do have that kind of ability, like take a song and make it their own. And it it sounds very different than the original composition. Maybe this one doesn't, but like, I don't know. There's something about it that I think goose really does kind of take in and and make it a goose thing. And it, I mean, it crushed obviously. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's move on here. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this show because I was in Austin uh, for 10 days, so I was lucky enough to be at the Stubbs show. You know, going into it was interesting because this was the first Goose show I wasn't going into expecting massive jams, I think. You know, I, I saw them, what was it, five times in the spring and then again in June. Um, but, I, you know, I went into this show thinking, okay, it's, it's a late night for ACL, probably just going to be a lot of fun. And it was, you know, I was there with my mom, my dad, and my brother. Um, you know, my mom got echo of a rose, which she was really hoping for right off the bat. My brother got the red bird, um, that he had, um, very vocally requested, uh, from every single member of the band that he had seen at art park. Um, which is really funny, but just a really, really, you know, fun night i think not, nothing that i go back to and revisit a ton you know except for maybe the creatures which you know people have been talking about hits on those kind of thrillerish themes but the crowd was really amped to be there it was so fresh so clean with big boy was just ain't nobody dope as me i'm just so fresh it's true so fresh so, clean, so clean. i so fun. fresh so clean i've listened to 10 times more than any other song from this show that makes sense <laughs> no seriously so good it's, it's so and it's it short really you know good. what i mean so you gotta you gotta play it a couple times to you know to, to get, get the full to get your fill you know what i mean yeah but i i also i was i was excited to get fish in the sea i hadn't seen that before um you know rockdale with griffin goldsmith of dawes on drums 
Jeff does some really cool stuff on guitar. It's very subtle, um, but he he's not he's not just kind of absentmindedly strumming throughout this this song. Like there's a couple of moments where he he stands out a little bit, um, but otherwise, pretty standard fun show. Nice non-core empress. Yeah, well, yeah, I've got a couple things to say about this show. Yeah, um, yeah, can, yeah. Are you going to go back? You're going to take us back to so far so clean, right, Neil? Well, no, actually. I, I'll okay. say uh, uh, something about three songs in this show. Four songs. Everything Must Go was kind of the next step up for that song. And I think after that show, we were like, wow, this, this song's going somewhere good. And I think when you hear this last version on this tour, like then you really get the, the gist of where the song is going. And I think it's it's a pretty spectacular tune. So very good in this set. Um, and then the Red Bird in this set, I think bears mentioning because it was it was dedicated to to uh greg lage if i'm pronouncing his name correctly um they call it the greg bird uh but greg is like a a a goose fan that suffered a traumatic brain injury um and he's been kind of recovering uh, and his wife has been helping him with that recovery by listening to goose music so really cool of the band to dedicate the song to him and his recovery his wife just posted an update yesterday about what's going on in you know his life, and he's actually awake and moving, and there's a long road ahead for him. But it's worth mentioning here that like this is something that the band did to de- dedicate to him, and it's like something that's helping his recovery. And I think he's got a long road ahead of him. But uh, you know, really cool of them to do that. And then of course this creatures in the show is actually like a well. Let, good let, 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 let let me just say also yeah, just just you know big vibes you know, out to Greg and yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let's, let's hope that, that, you know, that, that even if it is a long road that, um, you know, it is, it is a road to full recovery and yeah, really awesome that, um, you know, that's, that's, that's the community too. You know, I mean, goose is tuned into, to what's happening. You know what I mean? So good job by them to, to kind of, you know, not only be aware of, of what's going on, but then to make it a point to, you know, to, to give him a, a shout and a dedication. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah. yeah it, it, you know, wish him the best and his family, the best, pretty cool. And then the creatures in this show is worth going back and listening to. The interesting thing about this creatures is it has a very unique creatures jam that is very much in the type one structure of creatures, which is weird, I guess. Like this one doesn't go off the rails, but it does have that thriller-ish jam within the song structure of the song. So I think that's pretty cool and worth checking out. And then, of course, you know, Peter acknowledging the non-core, which... That was exciting. You can debate who came up with the term non-core <laughs> and, like, where this had, had come from. The first time I heard it in my life was... Max Creek? From... No, it was at Terminal <laughs> 5, not Max Creek. Thank you very much. You know, we've gotten to this point, like we're, we're now into Max Creek jokes and not making spoon jokes. So like, <laughs> kudos to you guys. Oh, for, we'll, like, we'll get the spoon. Don't worry. For, oh, for, yeah, like, you know, song yet on this yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just saying like, you know, you guys are doing good. Um, you're like mixing it up a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> so time to flee easy, uh, from Twitter, dude mentioned the non-core to me at terminal five. And that's a term that I started to use a lot. I'd never heard it before then. I think we've used it a ton on the podcast. And like here, Peter is using it on stage. It was exciting that they chose to not leave the stage 
and to play yes. Empress. I was excited about Empress. Neil, Neil, do you remember at Goosemas how I like yanked your arm off when they started playing Empress? Yeah, I got to get fucking surgery, dude. Yeah, I basically did the same thing to my dad at Stubbs. So, <laughs> I, I like the song a lot. Um, ACL the next night was uh, pretty cool. You know, great, great sized crowd uh, for Goose coming out. Blood Buzz Ohio, really unexpected for me. I, I did not expect that to come out at the festival, but it was cool. Slow ready, you know, with the arpeggiator into drip was cool, but otherwise solid festival set, not a ton to talk about. We can talk about Kansas City. Oh yeah, let's talk about Kansas City. Kansas oh, okay. City. It's my we old get, my old stomping grounds. Your old stomping grounds. We're we're back to we're back to the, the indie groove. A dogs, you know, other other stuff in the first set. Wisteria coming out really, really early in the show. Yeah. And and short a, a rest and early short rest really early and really strong yeah yeah great great Wisteria. and amazing segue into drive one i, I love when they kind of you know yeah. smoothly work their way into that intro out of a jam uh you know if anyone is looking for another great instance of that terminal 5 10 9 21 out of white lights it's good stuff so good rock the casbah yeah. You know, unexpected. I was expecting this to come in Dallas for Jeff's birthday. Um, you know, did not think they were going to be uh, doing two Jeff songs this close together. Well, let me also say, too, um, you know, I know we're not talking about a whole lot of fancy here, but I I had I had the Jive 1, Jive Lee combo um, that night. And so, you know, when you have those songs and they're wrapping up Jive One, you're you're kind of thinking, okay, you know, I mean, there's a there's a really good chance, especially at where they were in the set. You know, I'm thinking, oh yeah, Jive Lee's coming. You know, yeah. I'm starting to count those points. You know, so then Rock the Casbah just kind of made me feel a little bit like, oh, I mean, I'm not getting my points, and then also, you know, it's Rock the Casbah and not Jive Lee. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, but the first Rock the Casbah in 61 shows. It's fun January to 30th. it's fun to see Jeff sing. Um, I don't know for some reason this this is one of those covers that just doesn't do a whole lot for me. I got to be honest. It's fair it happens. But this SOS did something for me. Yeah, yeah, really hot version. Um, and you know, interestingly enough, and, and also kind of somewhat fancy related. You know, I wasn't going anywhere near SOS in my fancy picks because they had just played it in St. Louis. Yeah, for a week sure, before, yeah. and they played a really awesome SOS in KC last fall. Mm-hmm. So I don't know something about something about these Missouri shows and SOS. You know what I mean? Listen, just, next time they play in Missouri, I may or may not be putting SOS as my. I, well, yeah, you know now that, but then they won't. You know what I mean? Like I they know, can't yes. always, right? Yeah. Interesting thing about now. this show is that they played. I, I, I kind of bucket SOS and So Ready together. And like the same kind of, I don't that's know. not fair to SOS. Yeah, um, I, no, I guess so. I, I feel like they get played in like similar slots, or well, not necessarily, but like they like they're no jam songs, right? That get people kind of. I would say that SOS like, is more of a a, a jam. It's more so dynamic. Yeah, I, I would rather hear SOS than So Ready ten times out of ten. I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I, I I was surprised to hear them in the same show. That's fair, I guess. 
That's fair. And then, then we get another classic uh, early second set, Seekers. Um, yeah. You know, something we, we've talked about a lot on um, Day After Show, you know, Seekers. Did they move this one? That, was, this, was this where it was on the set list? Or I know I know one of the one of the set two Seekers recently was an Audible. And they and they had intended to play it in the first set, but yeah, maybe this one they it actually was intended to be played in the second set. Yeah, we, we we've talked about you know Seekers and Silver Rising working better as late set one tunes. Um, yeah. So, but you know, here's fine. Drive, you know, Rosewood with you know Rick hitting that when the Saints go marching in tease, which we've seen a good amount this year. Set but one was so good. It happens. To say. Another great turbulence and Rom Encore, you know. But then, for that shit. I, I would say the the best show of the the latter half of this tour here, the best show after New Orleans, uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas. You know the band's first time coming up in that area. JJ's live. You know we were looking at the Steely painted on the wall next to the stage throughout the webcast. Um, but you know, overall, very very strong show here. I think great time to flee in the first set, hinting at some of those spacey vibes. You know, all I need. This twelve-minute version, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, the the first real dark jam of the tour, I think, like the darkest jam of the tour so far, at that point. I think Half Step had had had, an, had some nice kind of dark Fair tones enough. to it. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah. I you know no, I didn't love this. You know, I didn't I didn't love this this set or probably this show uh, maybe as much as as you and 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 I don't know I don't know where Neil's going to go, but I mean. I remember, I remember the night though. I mean, I was, I remember I was feeling really good um, heading into the show and butterflies drive to caution flee. I mean, that's, a, that's that, a that actually is a really good start. You know what I mean? I, I like caution. Um, you know, obviously I like drive Two. I think butterflies is works, works well in that slot. You know what I mean? I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I do like it there. Um and then, you know, Honeybee, the need, you know, another, another short, you know, another short need and flow down. I, I guess I just lost a little bit of steam for me um, after the flea. And then, you know, you guys can, can go back to set one, but, but just, you know, as far as set two for me, it's like another one of these kind of mid-length animal jams. Um, and, yeah. and those have, those haven't been super inspiring for me. Um, I kind of, I, I think I, I think I'm more on the short and sweet and high energy animal. Um, it's kind of where I'm at with that song. Um, another, you know, another arrow that, that, that goes over 20 minutes and I'm not sure how I feel about it at the end of the day, the way it is, we were all super psyched. I don't care that it didn't have a jam. I still love to see it, but you know, mid set two, you know, you know, we didn't have the jam, a, a rather short by its standard, you know, by its own standards version of, of the old man's boat. Um, and then a nice tumble, you know. A nice, a nice lengthy tumble that did some really cool stuff. That that I that, that was obviously the 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 easy highlight of the night. Um, but yeah, just just generally overall, that this this one felt um, you know good, not great. That tumble, I think, is is the highlight of the show. Uh, yeah, the tumble, the tumble that like is on the cusp of going into Dragonfly for like three minutes. Yeah, and there's like dripfield like tones in that that tumble. There's a there's a full dripfield tease from Peter. We all heard the dragonfly. It was it was it was it was very prevalent. They they went just short of playing the actual riff. Oh, I heard it. An official I, dragonfly yeah, tease. I remember that. They they didn't do it, man. They didn't do it. 
Okay, I, I will I will die on this hill. I'm I'm the no, geekery guy, not you. But really amazing tumble. Um, you know that drip field tease from Peter is great. Fits in really well. Returns home nicely. But yeah, as you mentioned, that way it is bust out. Sixty four show bust out. Way too long for this yeah. song. Yeah, this song I agree is there. like yeah. Absolute tier one, tier A, whatever you want to call it. In- incredible goose cover. Should be played more, should be jammed more, a la Eau Claire. Yeah. It's right up there like, with what's up in my you know, in my yeah covers I want to see. You know, it was played it was played three times in 2021, but this is honestly the longest gap since its debut. If Rick says what cover do you want to hear? I'm saying way it is. I'm saying cold rain and snow. Let's hope that that actually happens. I mean, I think we can take it like a break on this and like talk about that for a moment because that is wonderful. Yeah. Such a good cover. And like, I think Goose does go out of their way to play like some of the deeper cuts. Not necessarily. I mean, they played like Tennessee Jed and stuff like that when they do a Ray Below. That's but, just a Ray Below though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so. You know, they play Half Step, which I I think some people and some people who are like really into the Grateful Dead um, view it as like not so good of a song. Like in case you're kind of looking for like people who like those people that I'm talking about, like 36 from the vault got huge heat for saying that they don't really like Half Step. Which I don't understand. Like it's, it's a great opinion that Half Step is, you know, their yeah. favorite song, but Well, so like Goose like kind of like picked that up and did a really great job with it. It's a deep cut. I think this is like another one that they could actually pick up and play and it wouldn't necessarily be like them going out there and playing Shakedown Street. Imagine one guitar on that Cold Rain and Snow. That that jam though at the the Phil and Friends thing was very very good. And listen, we joke around here about Graham, but um, actually his his soloing in that song is also really really good. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, everybody just crushes it. And you yeah. know, yeah yeah, like you saying, yeah yeah, they released it, so so we've got some really good audio. I think the audio is the same. It's just available on YouTube. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a little bit better, but um but yeah, I mean, who knows? Um who knows? you know, who who knows what's been done. Yeah, hopefully we get those soundboards. But yeah. A really 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 strong weekend, you know. We obviously we talk about it more in depth on our day after show episode about all three nights. So, go check that out. It was the day after three day after three shows. Day after three shows. Yes. Day after weekend. Hey, I was at the yeah. show. Yeah, Neil was, was at yeah, the Yeah, Neil was there. Yeah. yeah. No, I made friends with tapers. I went through a series of interviews to be allowed to stand where I was standing. Listen, the night after Ben stood right where I was standing and like belted out like fucking love life. Love life. So that so, like, that automatically makes you pretty cool. Um uh, well, no, I I think the important thing to to think about in that situation is like did Ben go through those interviews to be allowed to stand there? I don't think he did. I think no. he just, I'm going like, to guess he he either just stood there and wasn't bothered, or he was like, "Oh, I'm the, I, I played drums with that guy." Yeah, we can move on to Oklahoma City here. I think. Sure. You know th- this now. Now we can make fun of Neil for loving Spoon a lot because now they're playing Spoon. Uh, sure. <laughs> Why not? I mean, I, I think that's one thing to to mention about this show. Inside Out was very good. Great yeah. cover. Hunger Sight. You know, had a cool jam before Inside Out. 
um, Peter, there was a really cool part towards the end of it where Peter was doing his like looping of the marimba. Otherwise, not a ton to go back through from the show outside of the hunger site and the really cool slow ready tomorrow never knows slow ready in the encore because that was really cool. That was very cool. Yeah, I mean, I was really I was a big fan of the hunger site inside out. Um, I mean, obviously, like you guys said, lead the way was was great. Um, set two, probably not one of the strongest sets of, of the tour, in my opinion. Uh, big, strong, you know, extended hot tea to close it out. Um, but then probably one of the more interesting encores um, of, of the tour, Knights in White Satin, bringing it out. And then the slow ready, Tomorrow Never Knows, slow ready. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, cool stuff. I, I, I guess it's one of the situations where, yeah, nice encore, but did it, did it make up for, you know, for the whole kind of set two for me? Probably not. I still probably have this kind of maybe low middle of the pack uh, for the tour, but um, surely a fun time had by all. And another, you know, strong, strong first set. And then Dallas, you know, interesting that the, the standout jam of the night was a, a, a was it only 11 minutes Atlas? Um, kind of atypical uh, because Peter hitting the keys for the jam as he normally sticks to guitar. Nice little clav action there. And then, you know, second set getting very, very interesting with the Echo Sinnerman Modavon Born to be Wild Echo Modavon. Uh, debut of Born to be Wild about an hour before Jeff's birthday. Um, Neil and I, you know, in our in our late night mode, both incorrectly thought this was Magic Carpet Ride as they were starting it until Jeff started singing. Um, which I will admit to blindly trusting Neil when he sent Magic Carpet Ride yeah. to the group chat. I don't know. It's like but... fucking Steppenwolf. Like I mean, like you just kind of assume that it's going to be Magic Carpet Ride. I don't know. I think I think Born to Be Wild is great for Jeff, though. Yeah. I, I didn't he say that? Did, didn't he talk about it down in the pod as uh, being one of the first songs that he learned on guitar? It may have. You may, you may have a better memory for the podcast episode with Jeff than I do. This is actually a pretty cool second set. I think it's funny when we were all listening to it at the time, um, the first set doesn't really have much substance to it, right? There's that Atlas. I think that's the one thing that you go back to. And then the second set is a little bit of setless trickery, which Goose isn't really famous for. And, you know, there's in and out, in and out. You get like Echo of a Rose showing up more than once. You get Madavon showing up more than once. Um, I don't know. It's it's pretty neat. I actually went back and listened to it today and enjoyed it. But uh, in terms of like improv, nothing really blew me away in this one. Cool that they did like that happy birthday thing before they did Born to be Wild, uh, which I think was pretty neat. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. It's a pretty cool, cool set. Aside from, from, you know, the next night, the, the second Austin limit city limits show, um, this was the only show that I didn't actually listen to live. And yeah, I went, when I went back and listened to it, um, you know, I think, I think that's the only time I've heard it. I don't think I've gone back again. Um, and yeah, you know, the set list trickery, you know, as you called it, Neil, I mean, I think that a lot of times that stuff's really fun, like in the moment, like as part of the experience, cause you're, Cause you're getting something it's, it's like a next level of unique. You know what I mean? It's like, everybody's getting a unique show every night because the set list is always different. The gyms are different, but that type of stuff, it's like, you know, the next level up of uniqueness, like the unique factor. So that's always really cool to be at shows like that. You know what I mean? It's, you know, 
it's it's fun getting getting something that that's that's so different so so yeah, yeah. so so good stuff um certainly for the folks who were there uh, but yeah like you said not not a ton of improv you know nothing going going into the bracket or anything like that but um but yeah yeah you know good stuff and you know we talked about it before too it's like we didn't really we haven't really gotten like a proper two set you know tour closer um you know in summer and fall we we, we both got um, you know, festival sets to kind of end it out. So, yeah. So, you know, I think, I think because of that, maybe I was thinking that Dallas was going to be, you know, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe something with a little bit extra. Um, so yeah. So maybe that set list trickery was kind of, was kind of like the X factor for them, you know, to try to make, to make it a little bit special, um, uh, being as it was wrapping up the tour. So, yeah. Yeah. And then ACL night two, um, we, you know, you know we, we see the, the return of the, the Shama, inside joke for Jeff, you know, they play it for him on his birthday at the set list. A lot of repeats from the weekend before, which unfortunately I did not predict for my fantasy, which uh, ended up losing me the tour championship. I just want to uh, call out the fact that um, we, we went to see Spoon earlier in the day at ACL. Um, and right as the band dropped into Inside Out, Jeff walked by. Um, which was, you know, it was cool. We said hi, and we were like, oh, they're playing the song that you also play. Mm. It's a special moment. It was a very special moment. But, yeah, other than that, you know, second week in the ACL, just more more fun stuff. I just, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't talk about, like, seeing Spoon live, you know, in front of Neil, because I wouldn't want him to to feel sad that he missed it or, you know, it's like – Jealous I of you. To be jealous of me. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry, Neil. I I didn't mean to make you feel bad. Uh, man, you know, the the spoon thing has has taken a life of its own. As things Neil, often do. Neil, it's okay. Do we know you love spoon more than uh, anything. I do. I, I you know what? I do love spoon. I'm gonna own it. Let's give a congratulations. You know D. where it's due. To D. Yeah. For you know bringing home the championship. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, you know, he's, he's a come from behind guy. Um, he did, he really, you know, he was kind of lower top 10 for most or lower top five for most of the tour. And then last bunch of shows just kind of shot up and overtook yeah. him last night, which. Yeah. And then he joined the, the double championship club, you know, he, he joined the club of, you know, those, those who have multiple wins. Yeah. You too, whatever. I would like to point out that I finished ahead of Neil for the first time ever. Um, which means I have now beat all of the other uh, always almost there uh, co-hosts. So I'm pretty okay with that. Um, you know, I, I didn't get the victory that I was hoping for, but the, the cool thing is that the fancy goose site now breaks, breaks this down by tour. Yeah. Shout out to, um, yeah. Shout out to Jason for yeah. uh, all of his hard work, everything he does fantasy goose. And also I really want to highlight that this is possibly the most competitive fantasy goose tour yet. You yeah. know, a lot of people playing every night, more people than average. So if you are not involved in fantasy goose, get involved. There's no time like the present to get involved. Neil. So, you know, um, I think we, I think we got to give, you know, a shout out to, to Neil as well, because I want to say like across the six tours, Neil has never finished lower than fourth place yeah that's right that's That's, pretty good dude good job by neil i mean that's 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 consistency well you know sometimes 
uh, greatness is measured in consistency. Uh, and, you know, like I, I show up every tour. Some Sometimes people show up and they do really well. Sometimes people show up and they do poorly. Um, yeah. Ryan, I think, is like pretty proud of himself for what he pulled off on this tour. But, um, you know, I'm Ryan's never there. finished in first place. Yeah. I'm getting there. You know what? Well, it's a small club, to be fair. But also, I mean, you yeah, know what? No, I, mean, I would no, like yeah. to say... It's it's in the family, you know. The last six tours has been two apiece for you two and D. So, keeping it in the AAT family. Shout out to shout out to Ryan Legvold who was in first for the majority of this tour. Shout out to Kev for doing it really 12. well. Hey, for, I mean that's that's five out of twelve. <laughs> five out of twelve, but Kev was also doing really well for this tour. Top three Better though. He normally does. Let's we didn't mention that. So D in first. Ryan in second, Neil, Neil in third. third. Yes, top three. Come was it the three pod. out of five? Five out of twelve? I was four seven. Out of five? So four oh, out of seven. seven. Four out of seven. Five out of okay. Not everyone can be in the top five. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not everybody can have you know multiple championships either. But I mean, look, I, you, you know, you said it. You know, <laughs> you find a, a way. It's a family. <laughs> you know, it's a family vibe here, and uh, you know, so we're always we're always rooting for each other. And at the end of the day, you know. No matter who wins, um, you know we're all happy. Everybody has fun, and yeah, uh, and yeah we're really looking forward to I, what we think is going to be Taboos Goosemas New Year's wrapped into a final, you know, kind of mini league, you know, mini tour, yeah, you know, of of the year, you know. Yes. So we'll find out what the Fantasy Goose team has in store uh, and then we'll you know we then we've got the annual you know we've got the annual competition for for all of 2022 that we're keeping a close eye on as well i'm not leading right now jive is leading to one point one Um, point this is a two-man game i don't think anybody else actually has a shot what's the what's the gap between dude it's like mcguire and and sosa (laughs) (laughs) We're, we're both juicing um, I, I, the, the gap between second and third place is like nobody has a chance. I think third place is D, and he's like seventy points behind or something oh, ridiculous geez. like that. Oh um, boy! I don't know how that actually worked out that way, but it did. Uh, you guys are just that good, apparently. So uh, we're consistent. I think that's the important thing to remember here. Yeah, yeah it's man. consistency and endurance. I shat the bed during the summer, so. Well, I mean, you know, maybe next year you don't go to camp. Maybe you stay focused. Who Maybe knows? You yeah. Kind of really think about your choices. Yeah, you got to prioritize it. You know what I mean? You got to yeah. prioritize fantasy over everything. It's true. It's true. Um, Yeah. You know what? I, I'm really, really excited for Taboo's tour. I'm excited to see what happens. You know, Neil, you, D, and I will, all three of us will be at the first show in Portland. Uh, you yep. and I are doing uh, more than Portland. D's just coming out for the one. Uh, Brian, you'll be on the couch for all of them, which the webcasts were actually just announced. I don't like to leave Colorado. I mean, to be honest, I know you don't, you, I you, wouldn't you're very comfortable where you are, but we now have confirmation, uh, as of Tuesday, webcasts will be on sale for every single night of the tour, which is pretty great. Um, we will be doing, we will be doing day after show lives as usual, but with a twist, uh, we are very excited to be partnering with our very good friends over at HF pod and the great beyond podcast. Um, it will be, uh, one big happy podcasting family. Every talk day. about a family. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big family. A lot of us. Um, but three o'clock PM Eastern 
every single day after Taboo's tour, uh, we will be live uh, with our good friends from those podcasts um, on like so many different social media platforms. <laughs> I feel like the HF Pod crew is like super professional. Yeah, and like you know, considerate. You know, what I mean, they don't, they, they don't fuck with each other. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I wish they did more. <laughs> they do the a little bit. Degree. They do when, a little when bit. I've yeah. been on, no, when I've been on, the only the only jabs that happen are like you know, Jonathan gets made fun of for being old, and but that that's about it. Well, listen, but so that's like class act. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like you know, they they they, they kind of set the you know they they they're the pace setters. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I feel like, you know, us and, and great beyond are, are both in the same boat where it's like, Hey, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, we're just going to talk about what we want to talk about. You know what I mean? <laughs> and if I need to, if I need to, to, to call Ryan out on something, you know what I mean? That's just what we're going to do. You know what I mean? And, and I feel like our listeners appreciate that. <laughs> well, you know what? I I'm excited to see how these recaps play out. I'm very excited to do them. Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to be some fun shows. Yeah, I'm excited to work with like consummate professionals. Not to say that you guys aren't. Uh, no, it's, like, it's, it's, a, it's the CBD no. sponsorship. <laughs> like, that, that's what does it. Yeah. No, I, I am excited to work with those folks. I'm excited to do those, those shows. I'm excited for the tour. I'm going to do... You're kind of the... You are kind of... You're like the... You're the corporate podcast guy of the group, I think. You know what I mean? Ryan's like the young go-getter. You're the seasoned... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I could see you on on one of those podcasts on Osiris, just doing the professional, like down to business, like on time. You know what I mean? Like always shows up on time. You know what I mean? Do you not show up on time? I'm pretty sure you show up on time. Well, I do because yeah, I, I but you have long hair, so it's different. Well, I'm just not. You know, I'm I'm not. I just I don't have that corporate mold. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't play by these rules, man. I play pickleball for <laughs> seven hours a day. <laughs> hey, I just you know, oh, take advantage, advantage of the flexibility when I can. But um, no, that was meant to be a compliment. I mean, I, I really think that I do appreciate Neil, that. really think that Neil's gonna, you know, gonna gonna fit in well with, you know, Brian and and RJ and Megan. Jonathan, it's good. That's, that's, that's a good crew of people. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm really excited for this too. And yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll have to see like, what's the max number of people <laughs> you can, can have on. One you know, like, where's the, where, what's the cutoff? Like, what if we're all, what if, you know, it's like, what if all of us are like, Hey, I'm, I'm available this day. And you know, all of them, it's um, like 10 yeah, people. So we'll yeah. see. It's going to be like Phil and friends, like circuit, like 2005. Yeah. You uh, buzz <laughs> in. Nobody knows what the fuck is going on. It's just like, you know, <laughs> Seven guitar players, like you know, shit's gonna like work out. Like everything's you know what, we're we're gonna have a great time. Uh, get involved, be in the chat. You know, let let us know how you're enjoying those shows. Um, whether you're gonna be there, whether you're couch touring, we're very excited about it. Of course, we will be doing one of these episodes uh, after the tour to recap the whole thing as well. And as a reminder, all five of us are gonna be at Goosemas. So if you're gonna be at Goosemas, all five of us are gonna be there. Three of us are gonna be at Arevalo and Boulder, which I am. So excited about uh, my first. I'm not 100 percent on that. So you're not 100 percent on the Arevalo. Yeah, I mean, I got some. I got some things happening that might might limit my you know ability to be involved that early in the week. But all right, well, well, Kevin, I will be there for sure. Um, yeah, tickets are secured. Yes. 
It's just a matter of, you know, personal stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Well, you know, it happens. But I, you know what? We're, we're coming time, in, you know, we're coming in under two hours on this episode, which we're pretty good. I think we should no, be proud of ourselves. Yet. I think we're oh, approaching yeah. professionalism. So again, thank you everybody, uh, as always, for bearing with us through the multiple hours of commentary and banter and whatnot. Uh, emphasis on the whatnot. But we will be back soon. You know, join us obviously every day after every show for day after show at three o'clock PM Eastern. Um, check out Averzio Mushrooms uh, if you want. Code Stormsound15. All that good stuff. Uh, this has been another episode of Always Almost There. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you all next time. Peace. Mushrooms. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born, to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song.